NBA Strayer, how are you going? Hang on, mate. That's right, it's NBA Strayer. It's Friday. 2GIF Friday. Am I right? November 5th, all day. And I'm your host, James Clements. James Clements, who's thirsty for some beers. I'll tell you that much. Anyway, I'm a writer sometimes uh, here in Larry Armour Studios, hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season. It's underway. It's cracking. And Josh Giddy now owns the LA Lakers. I love it. Ah, uh, so we're here repping Strayer a bit. You know that. That's what we do. And we don't take things too seriously around here. We're going to keep you informed, but we're going to keep you entertained. We'll leave all the dumb shit to the nerds. God, they love to be, no, basketball's like this. Shut up, idiot. Anyway, uh, we've got another owner under fire for some weirdly alleged racist shit. And talk about that. And we've got five other games to uh, cover as well. In the NBA trade game wraps, some really uh, fun ones actually. In the end, uh, there's a juicy slab of that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. And because it's Friday, it's dickhead of the week. We've got yeah, nahs. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day. We've got our back takeouts where we're serving up a flame grilled take. Uh, also, because it's Friday, we always usually have a Luke Longley Memorial bloke who just does their bloody job award. And the Strain Player Watch, of course, as always, and. A huge weekend ahead, so we've got the NBA Australia game previews and picks for every single bloody game. And a classic cooking with Bainsy, because i got to go get to the pub. First time in about, I don't know, fucking forever! So yeah, bit antsy, Jimmy. Bit antsy, let's go. Episode 692, let's go! Alright, NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped. That's right, the men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Nah, that's right. Manscaped just launched their fourth-gen trim-up, the lawnmower 4.0. All across Australia and New Zealand. You heard that right, the 4.0. My God, that's a good shave. I'll tell you what, that's what you'll be saying when you try it out. So join over 2 million men worldwide. We trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. Seriously, one of the first people to try the 4.0, I was blown away. I love the light and the ceramic advanced skin safe technology. My two favorite aspects of this because it makes life way easier when you're looking after your junk. And that's what it's all about. Yourself and anyone who goes near your junk will appreciate Manscaped. That's what it's all about. The cool part is, not only with the old lawnmower 4.0, they've got a raft of other products that you can get when the weird packages that they have. Uh, they've got ball spritzers. I'll tell you what, that'll uh, look after the uh, the old fellas down there. But anyway, the best part is the skin safe technology, the ceramic blade, the wireless technology, the trim guards. Just give yourself a bit of confidence. Look after your boyos, and they'll look after you. That's how it goes. But really, when it breaks down to it, if you're using your face trimmer on your nuts, reverse that. You're using your nuts trimmer on your face. That's gross! Grow up! <laughs> what are you been doing? <laughs> right. Nobody wants their own pubes in there, man. That's just disgusting. Anyway, so it's time to get your own ball hair and body hair trim with Manscaped to make me time the best time and enhance your confidence with some nice, smooth boyos. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code STRAYER at Manscaped. Your balls will thank you, and so will everybody else who comes near them. That's how it goes. 
So 20% off and free shipping with the code Strayer at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code Strayer. Look, it's Christmas soon. What are you doing? Get right on this. Unlucky confidence. Always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Well, I'll tell you what. You better watch out for the thunder attacking for the Lakers. <laughs> Unbeaten against the Lakers this season. That's amazing. Uh, you also better watch out for the, I don't know, running a shitty company like a shithead and then getting busted for it if you're uh, a certain owner in the NBA. Right, let's get stuck in today's show the way we start every show here in NBA Australia with a daily whip around boom. So, hey, new piece of shit owner article just dropped. How are you? What's up? Uh, yeah, so following on from the litany of examples we have across the uh, NFL at the moment, uh, now in the NBA, obviously the Donald Sterling situation, the... The weird fuckiness of the Mavs for years and years and years. The latest has been the Friedrich Sons, a big article by Baxter Holmes on ESPN, um, alleging Robert Sava basically, you know, a bit of racism, a bit of misogynistic sort of action, just some weird sexism, sexism, uh, sexism sexual harassment. It's all got it going on. It's like ticking all the shithead boxes, basically. And if you really read into it, you can sort of read between the lines and go, there's probably a lot more other shit going on that uh, basically no one would go on the record about, I feel like. But either way, 70-plus uh, interviews with current former employees, etc., with the Suns. It's a really interesting article alleging, you know, all those sort of, you know, weird racisty kind of uh, things where he's dropping N-words and the weird sort of approach to showing photos of his wife in a son's bikini and then trying to talk that off is fucking normal. I was just showing it to the merch people so they could see if they wanted to use it or not. Dude, that's gross. And then talking about allegedly how his, you know, wife would blow him. Dude, what? Dude, come on. It's gross. The last thing you ever need to hear is your boss talking about his junk and what happens to it. Like, he should be booted out just for that. Fucking hell, mate. But there's a bunch of other shit that just basically sounds the, uh, makes the sun sound wildly toxic to the point where uh, Earl Watson uh, is like, yo, you're running like a weirdly toxic environment here. He's like, I'm not toxic, you're toxic. Some real George Costanza vibes. <laughs> adjustments. The adjustments bit was pretty good. How My name is Jonas Valentunas was tearing him up. <laughs> and then... Uh, Old mate Joe Pronti's like, yo, this is in, like Sava's taking them to task. Oh, Ivo Kokorov and all that sort of stuff. The uh, former coaching staff in Phoenix. Sava bursts in, starts ragging on him for not making any, any adjustments because Jonas was toweling him. And Joe Pronti stands up and goes, what the fuck are you talking about? We do this, 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 and this. And uh, your man Sava's like, what? Uh, yeah, no. Make some adjustments and storm down again. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, so it's a shit show. Go read it. We'll have a little bit more about this later in the show. LeBron James is out for a week with an abdominal strain. Uh, it's a bit early for his usual sort of fuck you time off, but here we are. I'll talk about that a little bit more in depth later. Maybe some of the reasoning behind it. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit of a shit one. The Lakers, look, they feel like they've got a pretty strong foundation. 
you know, with AD, Russ, LeBron. LeBron's out for a week. They should be able to weather this, no problems. Wrong. <laughs> Not when you're playing the Thunder. And Josh Giddy. Uh, ben Simmons, there's nothing new about him today, which is kind of just a nice relief, isn't it? Uh, but I expect some more stuff to be leaked <laughs> by the Sixers tomorrow. They always do it heading into the weekend. They love a bit of that. Uh, and the last little bit of news, I don't know. How's everybody else feeling at the moment? My league pass game. I feel like it's been off to a really slow start this year. Like, it's like the players in the new ball. It's like, ah, oh, jeez, my shooting percentage is down. It must be the ball. I had a bit of the defense. Meanwhile, every time I'm, I'm watching a game, and it's like, ah, oh, fuck, all right, cool, time out, quarter time, half time, whatever. I'll switch it over on League Pass. You know, with the Apple TV app, it's actually very, very quick and very easy. It's one of the few times League Pass has actually sort of finally gotten shit right. Unfortunately, I'm just like out of practice. I'll switch and like I'll get one or two plays and then they go on timeout. And then I go back and it's like I find myself just switching between games and barely watching actual action because it's I'm just I think I'm off my game. It's fucking with my head. I'll tell you that much, especially when I got the squid. Uh, So this will be we've got one more day of no daycare as of, you know, on Monday. So having the squid full time for the last couple of weeks with him in ISO Thanks to a, uh, you know, positive COVID case at his daycare. It's just been fucking right. Jimmy, you need to get your league pass game on point. And it just hasn't gotten there. <laughs> and he's distracting me. I'm doing other shit. I'm trying to get these games going. We're trying to not watch too much telly as well. He's outside running around causing havoc. And, uh, yeah, I feel like I'm warming, warming into the season as well. It's two weeks in, Jimmy. You should be better. I know, right? All right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Game raps. Right, five games today. The Philadelphia 70, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, Sixers beat the Detroit Basketball Pistons 109, 98. I actually switched my pick this morning, put some money on the Sixers, happy with that. They win that by 11. They were 7.5 point favorites, so yeah. As soon as I saw that Embiid was good to go, Switchman pick, happy there. Uh, but this was a fun one because Philly, with Corkmaz, old fucking fucking Corkmaz, sitting with a sore wrist, the Sixers started the small lineup, the super small lineup. Embiid with four guards, basically. Embiid out there with the Shake, Maxi, Seth, the shit one, Curry, and Matty T. And I'll tell you what, Seth is uh, shaking the shit one tag pretty quickly, isn't he? He's fucking crushing it. Uh, but it really did take the Sixers until the third quarter to get some separations on the Pistons, who actually led this at halftime. It was a weird game to watch as well. You're like, oh, this is just scrappy. It's a bit shit. But Maxi and co. just wouldn't go away. Uh, and the D for the Sixers is actually a little bit too good. I'll tell you what. Aussie Matty T, Defensive Player of the Year, much Jesus. Anyway, uh... It did feel like a bit of a boil over at halftime, and then they really kicked in the gear in the uh, third quarter. Outscored them 23-16 in both the third and fourth quarter and sort of ran away with it pretty easily. Uh, I mean, the Pistons got it back under 10 halfway through the fourth, but then Embiid hit a really, really nice fadeaway, and Maxi smashed a layup, and Matty T had a dunk, and that was that. So Detroit, not a surprise. Jeremy, Jeremiah, Grant had 27-6-4, went 11-22. Talk about a man on an island. <laughs> It's like, oh, we should trade Jeremy Grant while he's where his value's high. It's like, oh, my God. There's going to be, like, just no scoring on this team if you do that. Just keep him around for the sake of our eyes. Cade Cunningham, 18, 10, and 4. Oh, Jimmy's down to corner the number one pick. He shot 4 of 17. 
At least he hit his first three of the uh, season, though, from the logo. One of seven from downtown. He did go nine of ten from the free throw line, which is nice to see for Cade. Uh, Big Deke Bay, what, three of nine for him. Seven points. Killing Hayes, ten, of, ten points. Not a bad game. Need to see a little bit more, though. But the Pistons, just a ragged bunch of Kelly Olenics. Uh, <laughs> Embiid had 19 and nine in only 30 minutes. Not bad for a back-to-back for Embiid. Set the shit one car. He shot 9 of 14, 4 of 8 from downtown. Ends up with 23 points. He's crushing it at the moment. Maxi had 20 points, 4 rebounds, 5 assists. He was awesome. She shot 9, 8 of 12. Shake had 16 points. Nang, Nyang Gang. Oh, George Nyang. Smashed as well. 14 points there. Philly now 7 and 2. Detroit 1 and 7. I'll tell you what. Jimmy's best bet from before the season of under 25 and a half wins for Detroit. Feels pretty bloody good. Utah beat Atlanta in a weird and sloppy game. This is 116-98. Utah go in and win it without Donnie Mitchell. It was 40-39 to 39 at the half. It was brutal. I was watching this just going, is anyone going to hit a fucking shot? God damn. Anyway, then the doors got blown off uh, with a signature. Jingling Joe Ingles and Jordan Jeremy Clarkson run that won it for the Yaz. Like the old... No Donnie Mitchell, no problems. Like nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Jingles hit a three. That capped an eight-zip run. Uh, that was the end of the game, basically, because <laughs> they took a seven-point lead. Timeout Hawks didn't help because DeAndre Hunter misses. DeAndre Hunter missed a couple of free throws. Clarkson nails a three. Ten-point game. Then bang, Jingles hits another three. Trey was battling through. He's answering all these buckets, but it's like trading threes for twos. Then Royce O'Neal hits a three. Clarkson hits another three. Bojan hits a three. Suddenly it's four minutes left and they're down like 14, 15 points. John Collins misses a shot. And then a couple, like another Collins turnover. Bojan gets an and one and boom. It was game over. So it had been pretty tight and pretty weird. It was a 41 to 24 fourth quarter though in the end for Utah because Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, he had five points in the first half and then went absolutely fucking John Ham. It was amazing. Hawks, look. 21 points and 8 of 20 shooting. Uh, 0 of 4 from 3. Oh, it must be the ball! That's right, Trey. Capella had 13 and 10. Bogged down. Now, I think the Hawks' struggle so far this season has really just been a lot to do with more incorporating Bogdan Bogdanovich and your man, the ginger ninja, Kevin fucking Huerta, who just continued to struggle game in, game out. Huerta wasn't bad last game. But he, Gallo, Bogdan just had zero impact in this game. Lou Will, same vibes. He went 2 of 8 today. I mean, John Collins was okay, 13 for him, 14 for Hannah. But it got so dire late that basically reach for the sky, La Maze got in there and was hitting free throws with two minutes left. It was brutal. The Yaz, they went 17 of 41 from three, shot 50% from the floor. That's pretty bloody good. Clarkson ends up with 30 after five points in the first half. He was awesome. 23 for Bojan Ingles. Jingling Joe Ingles. What a great game. 5 or 6 from downtown. 19 points for him. Conley has 13 and 11. 13 and 15 for Rudy Gobert. The staff of Tower. <laughs> I shall play against the Swiss version of me, Clint Cabella, and I shall play him to a standstill. 4 and 5 now for Atlanta, Utah. Feeling good about my overbet as well. Preseason. I'm just saying, I'm feeling very. Very good about some of those ones. I think the over was Utah, 53 and a half wins. They are fucking cruising, and they are a machine, 7-1. Boston beat the pants off Miami. What? Hang on a second. What? It's a trap. Surely the Florida trip was a trap. Uh, no, but Miami just shit the bed. 95-78, rough showing for the Heat in their uh, 
debut of their new Trash City Edition jerseys. This one was really tight in the first quarter, and then it wasn't, because the Celtics fucking smoked them in the second. 23-3 run, kicked off by, like, Aaron Naismith and, like, the bench. Naismith was awesome all game, actually. So Josh Richardson's out of this game. Richo couldn't go, so they throw Naismith in there to take those minutes. He'd been out of the rotation. Comes in. The bench had just suddenly fucking clicks. He and Romeo just went off. It was awesome. Ends up a 33-9 fourth quarter. Ah, uh, second quarter. Unbelievable. They suffocated them on D. They forced 10 turnovers in that quarter. The Heat went 0 of 6 from downtown. Dunkey Robinson was feeling it early. Then couldn't hit anything. Boston got to the line as well, which is like one of those classic things. Like, how do we turn this around? Oh, we play better defense if we get to the line. There, boom. That's how you beat Miami. 18-point halftime lead after that, and that was it. Miami lose Kyle Lowry to a sprained angle in the third quarter, and it was just packer up boys' time. They just could not get anything to drop the entire game, the Heat. But, I mean, he had a game-high 20 points, but he shot 8 of 18 and 0 of 4 from downtown. They were held to 34.6% shooting and 22% from three with 18 turnovers. Yeah, Miami. Look, when it goes bad, it goes pretty bloody bad. Bam! Had 13-7-4. Lowry was only 2 of 9 for his six points before he left. Duncan. I'd like to have a beer with Duncan, because Duncan can't hit a fucking shot. Uh, 5 of 17 from 3. He had 17 three-point attempts and ends up with 16 total points. That's incredible. And there goes my hero, Tyler Hero. 3 of 11. He's back, baby. 0 of 4 from downtown and minus 32. Brutal scenes. For the nascent sixth man of the year, trying to steal Patty Mills' uh, title. Jalen Brown had 17 points of the Celtics before he left with a hammy injury, which was very, 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 very dubious. He tried to play through it and then left and never came back. Uh, six different Celtics had double figures. Big Al Orford, 10 and 7. Smart had 9 points. Naismith had 13. I mentioned that. He went 5 of 8. He was really good. Schroeder, I'm German Rondo at 14. Romeo Langford, wherefore art thou? Romeo, 12 points. Bloody good. The thing is, this entire turnaround for the Celtics on this uh, trip down to Floridia. Jason Tatum still stinking up. 3 of 13 for 10 points for the 19-year-old. Amazing scenes. Can't believe he's still only 19. <laughs> 2 of 5 from downtown. 8 rebounds, 2 assists and a steal. But his shot. It's like he, Trey Young, just ah, brutal. Anyway, Miami now 6-2. and two. Boston 4-5. and five. They were 27th in def- defensive efficiency. Uh, after they shit the bet against the Bulls the other day. And then they held the Heat and Magic under 80 points. They're now 10th in defensive efficiency after two games. That's amazing. Phoenix held off uh, Houston 123-111. So fucky day for Phoenix with the Robert Sarver news, the big article. And it threatened to get a bit weird there on the court as well because it was weirdly tight for the first half. The Rockets actually put a scare in them. We're up five at the half, but big run at the end of the third quarter. Phoenix can take control of this. And then they never threatened the rest of the way, did Houston. Just a lot of lazy turnovers. Like, this is very Houston. Like, very young team vibes. Just shitty turnovers, bad shots in bad moments. Not much ball movement when it gets hard and you end up getting blown out. So, like, the amount of times a Michael Bridges sort of leak out ended up with a nail in the coffin was probably at about a four or five count. Uh, for the Rockets, Christian Wood, what ScoMo's got for fucking up international relations for Australia, 18, five, 18, 15, and 5. Talk about dudes who are like, I'm happy I'm getting paid. I don't care what shit team I own. I'm on. Like, it's he, Jeremy Grant, just leading the fucking clubhouse. KPJ had 20 points, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. 
Oh, of five from downtown and seven of 17 shooting. Jalen Green went three of 14 for his 16 points. I'll tell you what, Shingun didn't look too bad, though. He had 10, 4, and 5, and I like the look of him sometimes. I mean, for a rookie, he wasn't too bad. Uh, but I'll tell you what, they were lucky they got the 12 minutes of 2 or 4 shooting from DJ Augustine rather than getting fucking Dante Exum in there. You idiots, Houston. No wonder you're on the list. And this is what you get. This is anti-Australian karma. The Suns, Booker had 27, CP3. He had 13 assists, 5 steals, 2 blocks, 9 points. Weird game, but he was awesome. Bridges and Aiton both had 16 as well. Aiton was in foul trouble, but he looked really good after uh, sitting out there last game. But most importantly for the Suns, after paying him a shit ton of money and me ragging on him the other day, Shamwell, Landry Shamit had a good game. His best game as a Sun, 19 points. Goes 4 of 8 from downtown. That was good. Camo Johnson had 12. JaVale McGee had 11. Houston now 1 and 7. And I'll tell you what. Oh, Jimmy, did you ever bet on the under for Houston uh, for the entire season? You better bloody believe it. Uh, where do they fall in? I think I had them at, where is it, where is it, where is it? Under 25 and a half. Smashed it. Smashing it. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> Houston now 4 and 3. And then finally, the Oklahoma City Thunder and Josh Giddy. They own the Los Angeles Lakers. 107, 104. The Lakers have now blown 26-point and now 19-point leads to the Thunder, which is hilarious. And the Thunder have not beaten a team not named the Lakers this season. It's amazing. No LeBron. And as I called it yesterday, like the Lakers, look, despite them getting up big, like OKC just don't roll over. Like they just sort of hung around in this game and then tied it up in the third. And that should have been the warning shot. But like Avery Bradley went ham. Got them back up, but then OKC just kept their cool. And at the start of this, well, you know, throughout the fourth quarter, there was just a couple of weird possessions from the Lakers. Like Russell Westbrook just missed a couple of shots, and then bang! Suddenly you look, and after a couple of SGA buckets, a couple of Dort buckets, the Lakers' lead was one, and then suddenly OKC were ahead. It was a nine-zip run from OKC, and then it got super tasty right at the end, didn't it? Like Mallow was hitting shit all game, and then he missed a couple, and. Dort was torching him. Dort got some phantom, like, you know, phantom foul call for some free throws. Shea Reddick, Gilgis Alexander pulls up from the logo and absolutely fucking bangs in a three. Mallow answers. Russ just loses the ball out of his hands, though, with 21 seconds left. I mean, after losing his man on a backdoor cut that was basically the uh, nail in the coffin, uh, you know, the backdoor layup, and it's like, oh, shit. They're just getting absolutely toasted. So Russ just throws the ball away. Gids inbounds. Uh, the flashes, flashbacks were intense. The uh, the door just from SGA was just beautiful. But anyway, they pull it all off because they're up three. Russ misses a game tying three, and it was it. It's like eight seconds left. What are we going to do? Russ, you bring it up, and then just, I don't know, shoot the three, bro. And that's exactly what happened. It was just wildly fucking hilarious. <laughs> like, every OKC fan's like, shoot it, Russ! Shoot it! Shoot it! There was a great moment when Moose Muscala uh, basically put them up. He hit. He had five straight points. It was tied. And then it was the Moose show. It was absolutely incredible. He put them up like five out of absolutely nowhere. And then Bradley hit a three. Rusty tied it back up. And AD put them ahead. And you're like, ah, the Lakers are settling. But Shea gets to the, you know... Gets a foul call. Kenrick Williams nailed an absolute bomb of a three from the corner. It was beautiful. Shea hits another three. And you're like, what is just happening? Austin Reeves answered that one. 
Dort's free throws are massive. Mallow answers that with another three. It's a two-point game. Dort gets that backdoor cut off the SGA pass from the giddy inbounds. Mallow hits the three to get it back close again. They foul Dort. Three-point game. Rusty misses that three. It was absolutely mental the last five minutes of that game. So go back and make sure you watch this. It was unreal. AD ends up with 29, 18, and 5. Uh, Rusty at 27, 6, and 5. He shot 10 of 23. But 3 of 6 from 3, which is... Look, that meant he felt good about his last shot there. He's like, nah, I'm on fire, bro. If you're the Lakers, the worst spot you could be in is a confident in his three-point shooting Rusty Westbrook. Meanwhile, Mallow's like 5 of 10 from downtown. <laughs> Go figure. He had 21, Mallow. He was good. But the rest of the Lakers just stunk. Bays guys at 0 of 4. Rondo was 0 of 4. Monk was 1 of 3. Wayne Ellington was 1 of 6. And, uh, yeah, that'll sink you even against the Thunder. SGA at 28. He was awesome. Giddy up at 5 points. He shot 2 of 9. But I'll tell you what. Loved his poise. And 8 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals, and a block. He did a little bit of everything else. I love that. Dort had 17 in the end. Baisley and Tydram had 14s. Moose. Ends up with six points, but god damn, that little run that he had in the fourth was absolutely huge. And Kenrick Williams ends up with 13 and 8. He was huge. This team is hilarious and wild. And I'll tell you what, when you see Poku out there just running around like a fucking weird bird, I love it. The Lakers are now, I believe, 5 and 4. The Thunder are 2 and 6. The only two wins have come against the Lakers. It's hilarious. Let's do an NBA Australia Pro performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a nice. I'll tell you what, slim pickings today, but Jordan Jeremy Clarkson won that game for Utah today. Five points in that first half, then 25 after it. He went absolutely fucking ham. And was also at a point where he missed 24 straight threes, but then turned it all around and led the Yaz to the win. Ends up shooting 10 of 19, 4 of 10 from downtown. So good on him. He was absolutely on firelight. He and Jingles, it was great. Uh, But this has got to go to SGA. Like, how big do your balls have to be like, how many Manscaped do you reckon SGA would have to buy for his giant nuts? They just run out of charge because they're that big. He's trying to get through it all. Jesus. But I'll tell you what, the balls to take that three from the logo, let alone fucking nail it in a close game, like, it was absolutely immense. It was amazing. It was like a minute 18 left. They were up three, and he just goes, fucking bang. So that was awesome. SGA ends up with just... A ludicrous game uh, again against the Lake against the Lakers. He went nine of seventeen, four of seven from downtown, six of six at the free throw line, six assists, three rebounds, a block, a steal, only two turnovers, a plus fourteen in a game they won by three. He was immense. That was awesome. Love SGA. That's the NBA Australia approved performance of the night. Who was spud of the night though, Jimmy? Spud, 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 of the night. Spud of the night. Uh, I mentioned Duncan. I'd like to have a beer with Duncan Robinson. Five of 17. So 17 three-point attempts for 16 points. Yeesh! That is brutal spudworthiness. Tyler, there goes my hero. 3 of 11 for him. 0 of 4 from downtown. A minus 32, as mentioned. And uh, number one pick, Cade Cunningham. 1 of 21 from downtown to start his NBA career. That is brutal. But I'm going to give this to basically the rest of the Lakers, right? Bay's Gaze goes 0 of 4, as mentioned. Rondo 0 of 4. Malik Monk 1 of 3. Wayne Wayno Ellington 1 of 6. I mean... 
DeAndre Jordan went 0 of 2 and 1 of 2 from the free throw line. And really, the spud, though, it's got to be rusty, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, just in terms of what the shit was that, you turn around and go, oh, I'm pretty sure Rusty basically just cost them that game because he did. <laughs> you know? Like, you look at it and go, that turnover was brutal. The, the missed three was absolutely atrocious. And in terms of, like, just actual proper, uh, you know, breakdowns, like in that fourth quarter, SGA has 11 points, doesn't miss. That's why he wins. He goes 3-3 from the floor, 2-2 two two from downtown, 3-3 three three at the free throw line. Absolutely beautiful. Rusty goes 1-5, of 0-2 of from 3, has that one turnover and six points total. Absolutely shocking territories. The turnover, though, the, uh, the go for the... Go for broke with the whip around pass and just throws it straight out of bounds. Was shocking, Saints. Rusty, what are you doing? Old mate, no mates. 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 I think guys are learning that we're not. We're no longer the hunters. It's the regular season. I'm not going to lie. It's a lot more boring than the playoffs. You've got to find that motivation to play like the playoffs. Oh, oh sorry. I couldn't hear what Trey Young was actually saying through all the fucking sooking he's done so far this season. If it's not the fucking... Oh, the regular season's boring because we made it easy conference finals. It's the ball is bad. The refs suck. We're not getting any calls. Fucking have a sook, mate. Look, you were like the fucking awesome villain number one at the end of last season. And now you're just a big fuck. Look, he looks like a baby. And now he's fucking having a sook like a baby. Trey, fucking nut up, would you? Cripes. Pantsing of the night. I mean, the Celtics just pants uh, the heat in that second quarter. As mentioned, 33-9. But... The best part about it was Al Horford giving Jimmy Butler the old Jimmy Butler flinch treatment of missing a free throw so badly. They go, oh, fuck! Al Horford did that to Jimmy Butler. That's a pantsing. But, unfortunately, there is an actual pantsing that happened in that Sun story. Former Suns account executive David Bodson said that in August 2014, Sava pantsed him in front of more than 60 employees at the team's ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Ah, yes. Nothing is funnier than pantsing a junior account executive in front of everybody at a fucking charity event, Robert Sava. And then they went on to say, a former senior basketball staffer and a former senior marketing employee confirmed this account to ESPN in the aftermath. Bodzin said an HR representative smirked and said, please don't sue us for sexual harassment. Ah, fucking gross. And the worst, like, actually, probably one of the most damning and gross, horrifying aspects, I think, of that uh, Sava article is just the reticence of everybody in that organization to go to HR because as they break down, people who went to HR suddenly got moved on a little bit after. Gee, do you think that's a bit of, uh, I don't know, the termination without cause kind of vibes? And they did go on to say that basically, yeah, we were kind of rooting for them to like then sue the organization because they'd win. Pretty crazy shit. Uh, but yeah, actually dacking one of the people that works for you. I mean, you can be really, really rich, obviously. 
and really, really, really fucking dumb. You can be all that, and you can also be Robert Sava, and from all accounts, as I'm going to explain later, just shit, bloke. Anyway, really quickly, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you're going to get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros, now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. I mean, how about the 11th pick in 2018, Shea Redder, Gilgis Alexander. Jesus, absolute massive. Uh, but I wanted to give this one to, how about Jay Sean Tate? I loved it. He was uh, just is that little glue guy there in Houston. 14-5-4, 5 of 8 from the floor, 1 or 2 from 3 today. Just a little bit of everything. And that stat line basically lines up with anything that Lonzo's done so far this season. So Jay Sean Tate, former Sydney King. You are better than Lonzo Ball. And finally, this one's easy. Dickhead of the Week. Dickhead of the Week. Oh, Bobby Sava. Robert Sava. We're going to get to this in a second, but absolutely fucking gross territories where you're just like, oh, he's just a massive fuckwit, isn't he? He really is. So Dickhead of the Week. And, of course, Robert Sava just came out of nowhere to beat out my beloved Scotty Pippen, who spent the week kind of making an ass of himself, and it hurts my hat every time Scotty Pippen kind of, uh, he's like, oh, I'm promoting my book by ragging on everybody. It's like, Scotty, okay, mate. Okay. <laughs> Just settle down. Way to shit on your legacy some more, Scotty. You're killing me. Anyway. Uh, but Robert Sava, take care of the week. Easy. All right. Uh, let's do some yeah, nahs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You listen to NBA Australia. And you're listening 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 to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some yeah, nahs. They're brought to you by thedailyliquor.com from East Ninth Brook. If you're in Melbourne, it's party time. Sun's out, guns out, beer's out. All the wines, all the cocktails, whatever you need, you can get it at thedailyliquor.com. Don't go to the bottle and risk getting the Rona that way. Bring the bottle to you and go to thedailyliquor.com. Peruse their amazing selection of beers, wines, cocktails, whatever. And you can celebrate it getting warmer and our freedoms. Freedoms. That's not a word. Either way, uh, you get out there and get amongst it. And if you go anywhere without a slab on your shoulder or a couple of bottles of wine under your arms, what are you doing? We're free. <laughs> Let's get shit-faced. TheDailyLiquor.com, banging that code STRAYER, and you get a free six-pack on your mate Jimmy. So Melbourne metro area, same-day delivery if you order before noon. TheDailyLiquor.com, smash that code STRAYER, get a sixer on your mate Jimmy. Right. This one's from Jez Oz, that Patty Mills jersey yesterday. Yeah, nah, this is the best Patty Mills jersey ever. Yeah, nah. Uh, it might be the best of literally any, like, way better than any Spurs one that he wore, like, his entire Spurs career, except maybe the Fiesta one from last year. So I'm going to say nah. Uh, because I think that Fiesta jersey, I've actually got one behind me, is just fucking beautiful. And, oddly enough, I've actually got one of the white Spurs jerseys up there behind me as well, and I'm pretty partial to those. I think they look very clean and very schmick. That Nets one, though, is, like, top three. But also, is it the best Patty Mills jersey ever? Nah. The Boomers number five will forever be the best Mills jersey. 
especially from those exhibition games prior to the Olympics, right? The I athletic ones. God damn, those are schmicking amazing. Uh, I've got one right behind me here, and that was pretty bloody good. So that's probably the, my favorite Patty Mills jersey. That and, like, yeah, exhibition boomers, whatever boomers jersey, apart from basically the ones they have worn at the Olympics for some reason always being shit. But anytime Patty is putting on a boomers jersey with that number five on him, that's the best Patty Mills jersey. But that Nets one, I'll buy the shit out of it as soon as I can. It's a bit weird, right? They launch all these City Edition ones and you can't buy them anywhere. What the fuck is going on there? Jimmy, a Boston back on track. Yeah, nah. Look, that was a good showing. So you kind of want to say it, it holds off the Wolves for at least a little bit, right? Like you can't. So yeah, like they're back on track for the second. Because you can't underestimate just how big that win was today. To sweep a Florida back-to-back is massive. And especially against a Heat team that was absolutely fucking, like, flames. And obviously it just sort of came down to a little bit more cohesion on D. And everything flows from that. You saw it today. The bench just stepped up. They got stops. So did some of the starters. The problem is, like, Boston being back on track, potentially losing Jalen Brown with the hammy. Jason Tatum still not being able to hit the side of a fucking barn. I'm a little bit wary of that. But at the same time, in the back of my brain, I'm sort of thinking, if Jalen Brown's out, just watch Jason Tatum go completely off. So, yeah, they might be back on track. And Adam Gray, one of the uh, comments on today's, uh, or yesterday's show was, NBA looked at the Olympics and started wondering if they're even playing basketball anymore. This being able to play defense again just happens to come back in as LeBron's about to retire. Nothing sus. Yeah, nah. I stole this and just used it as a yeah, nah. I love this. <laughs> because just as LeBron's getting to the end of his career, they're like, oh, now you can play defense again. It just so happened. He came in in 2003. They bring in some rule changes. The next 20 years, <laughs> we see an offensive explosion. LeBron's in the middle of it. I'm kind of here for it. I love it. We need to boost our ratings post-Jordan. Off they go. Um, But I do love this because it sort of shows at least a willingness of the NBA to go, right, what's not working? This bullshit jump into a motherfucker who's like a meter and a half away from you and drawing a foul on the poor defender, that's got to go. And then the fact that they've already actually brought up the simple idea of the uh, clear path foul or at least the take foul, a.k.a. the FIBA NBL unsportsmanlike foul, is amazing. And I'd love to see that penalized a little bit harder and, uh, you know, legislated out of the game. But Adam's kind of onto something there about how LeBron's about to retire and they're like, oh, now we'll make it tougher for them to score. LeBron's out here protecting uh, that legacy just like MJ. <laughs> All right, unpopular opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. I've got two here. I liked uh, the Miami City Edition jerseys a little bit more on the court than I did in the flat lay, but I'll tell you what, I still don't think they're very good. Like, I appreciate the notion behind it, where it's like, oh, we'll take the lettering from a bunch of different eras, bro. The problem is it now looks like a ransom note, and essentially most of the lettering from the Heat's past is all kind of fucky and shit. So now you're kind of clumping all these kind of crappy logo vibes together. Anyway, and obviously the big one, the unpopular opinion of the day, nothing's going to happen to Sava and Phoenix, right? So if you read through it all, it does feel like what we all 
could have probably ascertained, even from the fact that this was a rumoured piece, that you read through it and it comes out looking like Saba is a piece of fucking shit. And that's fine. Like, you can run your company the way you want if you're a piece of fucking shit. The weird racism vibes, the weird stripper things, the sexism, the misogyny, it's fucking gross. But the thing is, there's just... It doesn't seem like there's a giant amount that's going to be actionable, from this article at least. The good thing is the NBA are coming out and going, we're going to do our own investigation. We'll see what happens there. It does feel like a lot of the owners also think that Sava's a dick. And everybody's work for him is kind of like, fuck this guy. And I do like that the Sava and the Suns had to go, nah, nah, you also need to talk to these 10 people as well uh, to get some good quotes about Sava and say that he's a good guy. The thing is, I believe like a bunch of those quotes were also, yeah, he's tough and he's a bit rough around the edges. Oh, but you know, sometimes it's got to be like that. No, it doesn't. You don't have to run your company like a massive fucking prick. But to break it all down, I don't think they can take away his team and make him sell it just because he is, and excuse the French, a massive cunt. You know? Because that's what it all sort of reads as. Like, he fucking sucks, seemingly. He runs a shitty company. He's a fucking bonehead. He's a fuckhead. But some of the allegations and stuff feel very, like, uh, amorphous. Like, shitty, don't get me wrong, and would have just made a fucking horrible working environment for everybody. And this will turn into the, very similar to the Mavs thing, right? Where it's like, all right, we're going to, we've listened to the investigation and we're going to go ahead and make these changes, but, like, the lack of diversity is a fucking problem. The way they were treating women is obviously a horrible problem. The way Sava talks and treats people is very, very very clearly fucking problematic and would have been very shitty to be working around. And the fact that he's got HR basically is his Gestapo is fucked. But yeah, I don't know, man. Like, unpopular opinion of the day, I don't think they can take his team off him for just being a fuckhead. Um, After the years and years of years of Donald Sterling shit, it took, like, him being on tape and then also just being railroaded, essentially, by his wife into selling the team because she's like, well... I've just taken you at the family trust so you don't even really own it anymore. I'm going to sell it for you. Yeah, the Sava thing is... Uh, I'm fascinated to see what the NBA investigation comes up with, though. Because it could really dig up some interesting things and it's fascinating to see Sava sort of shitting himself about it and having to jump on the front foot and sort of deflect uh, stuff before it even comes out, which is obviously always a sign of, oh, I definitely did that. So, look, he sounds like an absolute fucking piece of shit. I'll tell you that much. And that's pretty brutal and it sucks and poor all the people who work there like if you've ever worked in a shitty work environment i have it's the worst like it just makes you fucking hate going to work and makes you hate your fucking life in general sometimes you're just like and to hear the stories about people you know going through counseling and all this sort of shit and having like anxiety attacks and stuff post working there it's like woof yeah been there done that it is the worst so fuck that noise so fuck him but you know me, if you've ever listened to this show, I've always thought, fuck that guy. Not only just being, you know, being a shit bloke, you know, but being cheap and fucking over his fans the entire time. All right, Outback Takehouse, let's do this one. It's Friday at Outback, and you know what that means? 
Oh yeah, 4 for 1 TGIF Icy Cold. Oil drum cans full of Icy Cold. Foster's Lager. That's right, it's Aussie for horse piss. I mean beer. Fuck, beer. No shit, I've given away our secret. That's right, it's just horse piss. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Girl take is... The Sixers are better on offense without Ben Simmons, but they're also better on defense without Ben Simmons. Wait a minute. Oh, hang on. Are they just better without Ben Simmons? And also, LeBron James is 100% faking his abdominal injury because he's realized that without him out there, Rusty and AD will take some ownership of this team and LeBron can then just slip back seamlessly in once they've figured their shit out. Only at Outback. Until they lost to the Thunder today. That was a great one. (laughs) But the Sixers being better on offense without Ben Simmons, but also being better on defense without Ben Simmons. Tell you what. Interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. All right, let's take a break. Be back with Australian Player Watch right after this one. This is Shane Hill. And you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, what a Chris Paul, Scott Kelly, and Alexis O'Hanian have in common. Well, they're all smart, and they've all created awesome smart people audio courses on Knowable. It's like Spotify for learning stuff. I love it. Smart people telling you how they did stuff, which is always good. I love me reading me a memoir. You know, about creative or interesting people, etc. And this is like that, but in very small fashion. Basically, if you want to learn some new stuff, bang the download of Knowable through your app store, bang in the code STRAYER, and you'll get 20% off. How good's that? STRAYER, 20% off at Knowable. It's sick. I love them. Learn some new stuff today. Get right around it. Knowable rules. All right, Australian Player Watch. Jingles in that win over Atlanta, as mentioned, 19 points, goes for 7 of 9 shooting and 5 of 6 from downtown. I think I tweeted that out, right? Like, everybody's whinging about the new balls. Jingles, just getting the job done. Four rebounds, three assists as well. Aussie Matty T against the Pistons, as mentioned, started in the small lineup. Five points, went two of seven from the floor, but he uh, made up for it on the defensive end, didn't he? One of four from three. Ends up with two rebounds, one assist, one steal, three blocks, leading all guards in blocks so far this season. Crushing it, Matty T. And it's hilarious. You're saying that now he's getting more minutes. Those actual counting stats on the... uh, Defensive end are really adding up. It's just like Tokyo, baby. All right, giddy up against the Lakers. Josh Giddy has not lost to the Lakers. Five points, eight rebounds, eight assists. Shot two of nine from the floor and 0 of two from three. Didn't matter. Did a little bit of everything else. Three steals, one block. I mentioned this earlier. I loved his poise late. We've already seen him like have a horrible turnover in a late game situation inbounding. The best part was, wasn't afraid to go back to the well and keep doing it again. Nearly copped a five-second violation, but he did get an inbound before they caught a timeout anyway. And then also had a really, really, really great moment where he just waited for SGA just just enough time to get free. And then SGA found Dort under the bucket for uh, basically the game sealer. So giddy up. That was awesome. Loved every second of it. All right. What about a Luke Longley Memorial bloke who just does their bloody job? I'll tell you what. Philly fans, they love him. George Niang. So... I was lucky enough to have a chat with George Niang in this offseason. Lovely bloke, very funny. We gave each other a lot of shit. So today he played 32 minutes. He went 4 of 11, but he shot 3 of 10 from 3. He had 14 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and 1 turnover. 
And I'll tell you what, plus 18 coming off the bench for the Sixers. He just... Ch- Look, if George Niang had have been on pretty much any of the other iterations of these Sixers over the last two, three years, who knows what would have happened, but I feel like it would have made a uh, big bloody difference because he's that weird sort of size where he can play anywhere along the wing all the way up to the four spot and stretch the floor. And alongside like Andre Drummond or uh, Embiid, obviously... That's invaluable. So the fact that they went only eight dudes deep today, the Sixers, shorthanded, and Niang was like that important off the bench, like that's only going to keep on happening this season. And that's 100% like the dude is just like, yeah, man, I'm here to like, you know, play my role, do my thing, hang out, enjoy Philly, and uh, do the best I can. So love it. Uh, Sweaty hairy bloke of the week, a uh, Mark Breaking Memorial. I just want to mention my name is Jonas Valanciunas yesterday. Looking very sweaty, looking very hairy. Love how uh, hard he's working. I knew my name is Jonas. Right, the Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. Uh, I mentioned yesterday the uh, Patty Mills tweet. You know, the hard hat, PB and Jay in the uh, lunchbox were going to work. It didn't even hit me until this morning. I think I was re-looking. I was, you know, looking over uh, stuff and saw the Patty Mills tweet again. And then realized that the PB and Jay referred to Patty, Blake and Joe. And I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. How did I not even realize that? <laughs> and the three of them <laughs> were in the photo. I'm an idiot. Never forget that. Uh, but the Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in. This one's going to go to Jock, Rock'em, Sock'em, Jock'em, Block'em, Landale. Big cock jock. Out there throwing a shucker uh, in his IG stories. Walking into a game. Looking fine. Crushing it. Off you go, Jock Landale. Now we just need to convince Pop to fucking play him. Right. Let's do some game previews for the entire weekend, shall we? Game previews. Game previews. Thank you, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How excited are you to go to the pub tonight? Mate, I could not be more fucking excited if you wrapping my lips around some beers. I'll tell you what. Pub feed, beeros, hanging out with a mate. I don't know the last time I was actually in a pub. This is, like, horrifying to me. It has been so fucking long. Because, like, the rest of the uh, state is, like, being pretty chill and open up. But, obviously, with this squid in ISO and quarantine... Old mate and I have sort of been, uh, you know, one of us has got to be home with him at all times because he can't leave. And uh, so now I actually, you know, got the uh, test results all negative for me and for him, which is good and obviously more important. And so, yeah, I'm just going out to smash some cans. Can't fucking wait. Right, today we went three of five on the picks, so that leaves us at 67 of 115 so far for the season. Feeling good. Tomorrow we have nine games. We've got Brooklyn at Detroit. Um... I do feel like this might be one of those games where they go, hey, uh, Kevin, if you want to uh, rest your leg, you don't have to play against Detroit. And Kevin Durant's like, fucking noise. So I'm going to take Detroit plus 10.5, even though they're on a back-to-back and playing against a very tough opposition. I think this is one of those weird games where Brooklyn just muddy through it all and Detroit just sort of hang. And maybe this is a big Harden game and he uh, goes off. But Detroit cover, so I'm taking the Detroit plus 10.5. San Antonio, they go to Orlando. They're three and a half point favorites on the road in Orlando. Uh, not as bad as their record suggests, San Antonio. They play tough. They play hard. They play close. So do Orlando. I'm going to take the Spurs here, minus three and a half, though. Memphis go to Washington. Uh, this is a fascinating one because I think Memphis are pretty bloody good. I think Washington are a little bit fraudy. But I just think at home... Washington against the Memphis team that's played a couple of games, really good games against Denver. I just can't shake the feeling that Washington might just sneak this one 
and uh, come away with a win. So I'm going the uh, Wizards minus half a point. Cleveland? What? Cleveland? Cleveland. They go to Toronto. They are five and a half point underdogs. I'm going Cleveland. I love them. I absolutely love them. Uh, the Raps absolutely cruising at the moment. I think Cleveland will play this very hard, very close. Toronto might still win, but I think the Cavs cover. So the plus five and a half, I'm taking that. The Milwaukee Bucks host the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City. The Milwaukee are here. It's our Gonkin for the Goodland Bucks. Four and a half point favorites at home. Giannis going up against the Knickerbockers. Not much else there for uh, Milwaukee. The Knicks, though, on the road. I'm going to have to see it before I believe it a little bit more. I'm going to take the Bucks minus four and a half. They're just... Giannis is too good. Minnesota hosts the Clippers again. We've got Cat out there liking hashtag free cat tweets. And he's like, I don't even know how that happened. I fucking love it here in Minnesota. Wink, wink. Uh, but this is the Pat Bev Bowl, isn't it? Pat Bev's now in Minnesota. I'm going to go Minnesota plus two and a half. I think there's a bit of a... Uh, after an embarrassing couple of losses, and Cat coming out and saying, yeah, we've lost three straight. That can uh, turn into 18 or 19 pretty quickly. I've been here a long time. Like, shit, you better win this one then. So give me Minnesota. Plus two and a half. Golden State, nine and a half point favorites against the Pelicans at home. Taking Golden State because the Pelicans are a rabble. Portland host Indy in the Kevin Pritchard Bowl. They're three and a half point favorites. I'm going to take that. I think they can uh, handle Indy. The sides are going to be interesting, but I think Portland's backcourt should absolutely fire up against Indy. Charlotte go to Sacramento in the Vlade Bowl. They're one and a half point underdogs. A Charlotte on the road in Sacramento. I'm going to go Charlotte. If... They're going to win any games on this road trip. It better be this one. So uh, give me LaMelo and Co. against the Kings. Sunday, Houston go to Denver. Denver are going to win that. Utah go to Miami. That's a beautiful... Like, the Utah Jazz against the Miami Heat. The the memories I have of this is like, you know, Paul Millsap dropping a 50-piece basically on their heads out of nowhere and beating them a million years ago. I'm going to go the Yaz. I think they can take that Atlanta game. Maybe Donnie Mitchell's good to go. I think Utah... This is going to be a great game, Utah-Miami, just saying. I'm going to take the Jazz. Chicago play Philly again. I'm going to take Chicago again in this one, even though Philly beat them uh, last time. I think Chicago, look, I don't think they're going to lose to an under, you know, undermanned Philly squad again, so give me the Bulls. Dallas host Boston in an app. There's so many good games this day. Dallas hosting Boston. I'm going to go the Mavs. I think Luka up against the Boston team without Jalen Brown. I think Dallas will have just a bit too much for Boston. Phoenix host Atlanta. Again, another great game. Trey versus Booker. That's unreal. I think Phoenix can win this. I'm fascinated to see what Atlanta do, though. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta, but I'm going to go Phoenix. And then finally, the Lakers play in Portland. I'm going the Lakers with Portland on a back-to-back. I just think the fire will be under their ass and they'll beat Portland. On Monday, we've got Brooklyn going to Toronto. I'll take the Nets. The Knicks host the Cavs. I'm going to go the Knicks. I think they can uh, take care of the Cavs. It's going to be a good one, though, too. Orlando hosting Utah. Can Utah pull off the Floridia back-to-back? Let's find out. I think I'm going to go to the Jazz. Washington hosts Milwaukee. I might go to the Wizards again. I think that's where they just get a bit funky and somehow beat Memphis, somehow beat Milwaukee. And we're like, oh, wait, Washington are for real again. Sacramento host Indy. Give me the Kings. I think Indy will be uh, a bit of struggle town out on that West Coast trip. San Antonio, they go to OKC. I'll take the Spurs there. That's Jock versus Giddy. Love that. couple of Aussies. Golden State hosting Houston. Uh, the Warriors will absolutely fucking towel Houston. And Charlotte in LA against the Clippers. I think I'm going to take the Clippers there. I think Charlotte will be a little bit too uh, preoccupado with the delights of LA to win that game. 
And there you go. There you have it. What a week it's been. What a couple of fucking weeks this has been. The uh, food poisoning gastro at the start of last week. The fucking COVID scare ISO for two weeks since. We're going to be out of it as of uh, Monday, Tuesday next week. So uh, I think Monday is still going to be struggle town because I think I'll still have the squid that day. But he goes back to daycare on Tuesday. So Jesus. Uh, yeah, send me through all of your recos for uh, kids TV programs. Oh, our man Ian out there in WA was sending through some really good ones. Talking about that Skeletor a uh, little bit I was, you know, talking about yesterday about how the squid fucking loves Skeletor and I'm like, this is a bit weird. <laughs> I need to get him into He-Man rather than Skeletor. So I've done that. But uh, in terms of actual like kid programming, talked about some of the good ones I like. And, uh, you know, Octonauts, it's all right. It's a bit of a fucking head fuck. Thomas is always good. Bluey's a classic. It's amazing. I love how good it is. Play school, always good too. But send me your records. Come on. Uh, either way, check out NFL Australia with me and Gaz chopping it up about the NFL. World Wrestling Australia with Adam over on YouTube. Always a classic with Adam. God damn, he knows so much shit about uh, wrestling. It's awesome. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facey IG. Oh, yeah. Get around our NBA Australia shop. NBAAustralia.com slash shop. Buy some merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Go on. I don't ask for too much. And it's Christmas soon. Manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get 20% off all their amazing men's grooming products. Can attest to how great they all are. Do it for yourself. Do it for your loved ones. <laughs> I'm just saying. TheDailyLicker.com. Use the code STRAYA. Get a free six at Knowable. Download the Knowable app. Bang in the code STRAYA. Get 20% off. A big thanks to the bands on NBA Australia. From Oslo, the intro and outro song. Joshua Delarendas, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers. They're all behind the tunes you hear throughout the show. Ramshackle, uh, that's Gaz's band, actually from NFL Australia as well. They are launching their vinyl at the Gasso, November 20. Go there. Check it out. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify, however you listen to your tunes, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So, should you, right? We'll close out with a classic Cooking with Bainesy. Oh, and I'm going to go drink some beers. About a million of them. All right. Love your guts, legends. Have a great weekend. Thanks for bearing with us as well over this uh, last fucking crazy couple of weeks. And thanks for all the messages and support and shit. It's been awesome. You guys fucking rule. All right. Have a good weekend. Catch you Monday. Later, Hussin. Cooking with Bainsy is filmed in front of a live, socially distanced audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainsy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> G'day. Oh, it's good to see the smattering of you here in the studio. This is amazing. It's nice to see you're all wearing your face mask and you're all socially distanced. Oh, that's beautiful, it is. But the best part is this is Cooking with Bainesy and I'm your host, Aaron 
bangers, banes. And look, in this here very special socially distanced episode, I'm going to get you to whip up an absolute treat. That's right. It's one of my all-time Aussie favorites. You can have it whenever. It's probably the best slab of meat you'll ever bloody eat. Because that's right. It's the secret bangers brisket Barbie Bonanza. Straight out of Texas. You little ripper. Texas, Australia, I'll tell you what. That's right, I love me a big old slab of brisket cooked up on the Barbie for about eight years. Or in this case, about eight hours. And it's oozy as, mate. You might think it's a bit complicated, but there's nothing less complicated than just cooking some meat. And if you really do it properly and get all your sides bang on, it'll help you keep up this physique, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so let's get stuck in. It is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your butcher, ask him for his best bit of brisket. You might have to call ahead or even ask him, just walk past a few days beforehand, whatever. It's bloody worth it. Get the best brisket you can. Then you duck over to the soupy, get your gear for your spice mix. Now, this is banger spice mix. Brown sugar, paprika, onion, garlic, salt, some mustard, some cumin, and a bit of black pepper. And you're laughing. Get some gear for your sauce. You need some vinegar, some ketchup, or as I call it, tomato sauce, Worcestershire sauce, garlic, and some of those spices. Just toss them in. Go fucking mad. Now, get some uh, sides. Load up with your sides at the soupy. Some green beans, some mac and cheese, a thing of coleslaw, plenty of potatoes to get more whip than my mate Simo when he was with that Kardashian. There you go. Now, fire up your barbie. Get her up to a nice even 120. Look, you can use charcoal. You can use gas. It doesn't bloody matter. If you're using charcoal, throw in some tasty, you know, wood chips in there for some smoky flavour if you want. I personally don't give a fuck, mate. You can just chuck it on the grill. Just gas. It doesn't matter, mate. Just uh, now, mix your spices together. Mix them all up. There you go. Now rub them in all over your brisket. Now, some people like to cut the fat back. You can just leave it on. doesn't matter. Just... Rub it all in, nice and even, like your massage and my big mate Bogey's hammy after a big game. Oh, he gets you to do it, and it's fucking gross. Oh. I'll tell you what. But anyway, let us sit there for a bit if you want after you've rubbed that all in. Nice-looking, uh, tasty, big slab of meat. Leave it, you know, half an hour to an hour, whatever. She's right there. Bang her on. Just bang her on the barbie. Close the lid. Bit of foil underneath it, and away you go. Let that bastard cook for eight to ten hours. Simple. I mean, in the meantime, just keep an eye on the temperature. Crack a slab. Check the internal temperature of the meat every so often. Water around 75 degrees once she's cooked. Neck a bunch of tens. Watch some footy. Then with about an hour until she's good, get to work on your sides. Whip your potatoes. Cook your greens. Your mac and cheese. Dump your coleslaw out. Put it all on some nice little plates. So it all looks nice and neat. It'll look special as. Rip the brisket out. Sit there for an hour. Bang. Bob's your bloody uncle. Look at this. Just Oh, I'm just slicing it open. Look at that bloody brisket. That is bloody mouth-watering, that is. Mate, you can put it on sliders, or you can just eat it raw, dog. It doesn't matter. I'm going to slice this up, put it on a plate. Bob's your bloody Barbie-loving uncle. It is awesome. My friends, this is an absolute bloody ripper of a banger's brisket Barbie bonanza. It is delicious, and it'll dead set impress all your mates and all the Sheilas. Don't you worry about that. All right, so <laughs> just getting stuck in. This is bloody delicious. Do it at home yourselves. You'll have hoops left over to take to work for lunch. Whatever, mate. You will love it. Just look how bloody... Look, I've cooked enough of all of you, so you're going to love it. There you go. All right, tune in next week to NBA Australia for a new recipe, and we will see you then on the next episode of 
Cooking with Bainsey.